I'll direct traffic. <laughs> Okay, let's turn to uh, Exodus chapter number 21. Exodus chapter number 21. It's uh, quite an encouraging day, I, I felt. Um, it was good this morning. Uh, good, good message uh, from our pastor and good testimonies. And again tonight, one of the things that becomes uh, apparent to me when I hear these testimonies and also as being someone who is out in a foreign place, another country, is uh, sometimes I think uh, the local church can not understand uh, how much those who are not here every week rely on those who are here every week. So, so to understand that uh, there are some 35 missionary families supported from this church. So they don't come here every week because they're doing what they do but, but they are reliant on the fact that there are people here meeting, being faithful, giving, and the fact that this local church continues to function and to do its part before the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, and as that happens, what you do, as you're just faithful to serving and being part of your local church, as you do that, you, you uh, by God, led to create an environment where service can happen within and without. So an environment is cultivated through the gathering, the assembling together of the brethren as they become a local church and serve the Lord. That creates an environment where stuff can happen like happened with Paul and the pastor in India. That cannot happen and does not happen outside of the uh, structure of a local church. It's needful that the church uh, continues to be faithful for that to happen. Uh, the encouragement to the brethren in Papua New Guinea, uh, this local church has been involved in Papua New Guinea for uh, some two decades uh, actively. And uh, there are people all over Papua New Guinea whose lives have been touched through the ministry of Pastor Lloyd, uh, through others who've gone out from here and also who uh, people from here that we encouraged to go over there. And uh, they came in uh, through, or they, they went there maybe through our invitation, and, uh, and they're now making a contribution independently. And I'm just, I just want you to understand that what we do is much bigger than just us. I guess that's what I'm trying to get through. Uh, because I think at any time it is possible to lose a broad focus and become very inward focused and I know that's a danger for me and uh, it's good for God to remind me of the, the bigger picture. It not it good just to hear how God is working uh, in other people, in other places and, and to see that and I, I, I get to see it in you know, a few places but I, I love to hear that. Pastor, it was a blessing to, to hear your, your testimony and uh, and I, I, my heart was moved for you when I heard about your wife going on to heaven because I, I could clearly see that you and your wife had a very special connection. And, um, and I, 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 it's, it prompts me to pray for you and to understand that that's a part of you that is still uh, adjusting and, and obviously you miss her. And, and I pray, Pastor, and I know it would be the desire of our local church that God will bless your children and that you'll get to see much blessing in your family. But it's fantastic what, how God brought you and Brother Paul together. Pastor, it was good to hear this morning at New Guinea what God is doing there. And, you know, Pastor Lloyd has orchestrated this sort of coming before us. So 
you know, it's just a good thing to rejoice in, to see what God is doing. If you're watching my ties over there and you're wondering, are they talking through the service? They are. That's what they're doing. They're talking, and what they're doing, they're translating. So they're not talking about, you know, are we having a burger for lunch or anything like that? <laughs> they're, uh, they're translating. And they do that because they have a real hunger for the Word of God. They hang on everything. And so they, they have a desire to, to understand what is happening. Truthfully, if you, if you chat with them about it, what they'll tell you is they can feel the presence of God even prior to their understanding of what's being said. So, so what they do, they're engaged and they can feel, oh, God is here, God is talking. And they'll say, what, what, what is he saying? What is, what is he saying? And, and as that's being kind of going across, they'll be like, hmm. And so that's, that's what's happening there. I'm kind of used to it over there, so... Uh, but if it's, I hope it's not putting you off, but it, it helps them to get the value of the meeting. They, 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 they enjoyed what Pastor said this morning. They profited from that. And uh, it's just really good for them to see. And it's good for them to hear from a pastor in India, pastor in Papua New Guinea. That's particularly good for them because they get to understand it's not all, uh, you know, uh, Westerners or Australians. Everywhere isn't like this. Yet, as Pastor Lloyd said, God is working everywhere. And so that's just encouraging for them. Okay, uh, Exodus chapter 21. I don't mind doing my own Bible reading because I kind of was thinking maybe I should have anyway uh, because it, I, I did. I actually was thinking, should I just pull that and just do that myself? And uh, so it kind of works. The first six verses, uh, I'm going to give you, I have four points. Um, none of them start with the same letter. Uh, but um, I have four points. It's kind of devotional, so... So it's not, it's not sort of, you know, flip here, flip here, flip here. Ah, it's not really that way. It's just, it's just four thoughts, but I just want to share them with you and I pray that God will uh, give you whatever you're meant to get from this. Uh, I, I love these passages because if you were a Hebrew, uh, you've, this is you. You've come out of Egypt. So in Egypt, you didn't have a Bible and uh, you, didn't, you didn't have the scriptures what you had, you would, have had, you would have had people tell you about the patriarchs who had been before you. You, know, before you. you would know of your origins. You would know of your God, but you, you didn't know him well. You didn't know much. Most of what you did, you were surrounded by life in Egypt, which means there was a different system. So we're about to read about slaves, but they had slaves in Egypt too. But the slaves in Egypt were never like this. And so, so as God is giving out these things, these things are not just uh, statutes. They're not just requirements. More than that, they're revelations about God. So what they show you, if you're, if you're perceptive to see it, they show you how God thinks, the heart of God, what God is like. And I actually believe, I'll be as bold to say this tonight, I actually believe that even here in Exodus 21, that probably God had us in mind with, with this passage. Now, I don't think they saw that, but then they didn't see the church age at all. They didn't understand about that. But I think in this, God would have known right back when this was given that, that there would be people like me and others and you who would be looking at this a long time after and seeing the profundity of it and its implications for us as Christians who are uh, servants of the Lord. Paul used the language of being a slave to Christ. 
So, so Paul chose that sort of, uh, uh, the, the language of that. There's not the specific word, but the language of that where he likened his service to being a bond slave. All right, so let's read the first six verses, then draw our four you know, main thoughts from that. Uh, Exodus 21, 1 to 6. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master hath given him a wife, and she hath borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him unto the judges, he shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So this was the this was the this was the, the, the law of how it was to work if you were a Hebrew who ended up in slavery. So how might that happen? How would you how would you end up in that condition and what would that mean for you in practical life? Well, there are a number of ways as a as a Hebrew this could happen to you. Uh, debt could bring this about. So you you launched into a you know, you had a grand business idea. Uh, you know, uh, you, you were, you know, thinking, I don't know, something, but it wasn't the right time, it wasn't the right environment, it failed. And uh, you can't go and declare bankruptcy and it's written off and everybody will forget about it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, you, you owe. You owe. You're accountable for what you did. And you can't say, well, it, was, it wasn't my fault or, you know, that's the problem with uh, the government today. You know, I would have succeeded except for them or whatever. You, you, it doesn't matter what your reasonings are. You now owe a debt that you must pay. You don't have the ability to pay it. So now what you have happened to you, you have to indenture yourself to slavery. So now you have to go and you've, you've actually sold yourself and you have to come in now to the role of a slave. So debt could put you there. Uh, it could be that a certain amount of distress has happened to you. Maybe, maybe something happened in your home or whatever, you know, and, uh, and you don't know where to go, you've got nowhere to live and uh, whatever, you know, you can't stay with family, unusual set of circumstances, deep distress, and so you, you sell yourself, you indenture yourself into slavery. So there are different ways that you might end up in there or... Uh, it could be that uh, your, 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 uh, your father borrowed, maybe, maybe Joe borrowed money and uh, he couldn't pay it back and uh, the person he borrowed it from said, no, no, I, I, I demand that you, you give me back what you owe. And he says, well, I have nothing to give you. And the man he borrowed money from says, okay, I'll take your son. And so Joe says to Joshua, look, sorry about this but uh, you'll have to go and be the slave of this man now for seven years. And uh, you'll have to, uh, well, the, you know, six, and then you'll go out on the seventh. So you have to go and be the slave. So all of those ways, different circumstances, you could find yourself in, the, in the, the role that you maybe didn't want to, where you're now a slave. But unlike Egypt, God has still some laws about that. God does not, not permit you to be abused, uh, God, God does not view the fact that you are a slave uh, 
uh, that that is a reason to strip you of your dignity. That was not allowed. And uh, that's just God. That's, 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 that's him. You know, a thousand praises, that's just him. He's a just God, a loving God. He preserves one's dignity. He never trashes you. Uh, he never uses mean, nasty words like you say to your wife sometimes. He never does that to try to put you down. Uh, you know, he never treats you inappropriately. Uh, even if he chastens you, it'll be measured and careful and no more than is necessary. And that's just how God is. And so not surprisingly, God said, well, you know, I understand this will happen. So there's a few rules here that everybody will abide by. The first one is that, uh, and this is not one of my points, but uh, six years, it will be the time limit on this. So, so you, you can go in for six and you can hold them for six because they owe you. They're your slave now. Uh, they, they, they have to stay with you. They can't tell you what they're going to do or not do. Uh, you're the boss, they're the slave, but only for six years and then you've got to let them go. And uh, so there was a, a requirement by that. And then uh, God said, uh, should, should the situation arise, and here it is, should the situation arise where one of the slaves doesn't want to go out, then uh, what you should do for him is that uh, you will take him to the, uh, to the leaders of the town and you will present, and he will speak for himself, and we'll get to this, he'll, he'll, he'll declare it himself. And uh, if you and him decide that uh, actually you don't want to be separated after six years and actually uh, having been with this person for this long, I've reached a conclusion that... Uh, I don't want to leave, then uh, you, you can stay. Now, we can look at that like, uh, and there's some more there, but we can look at that like just the statutes of slave. But can you see, are you getting a whiff of this already? It's starting to speak of something bigger. It's starting to talk now a little bit of us and Christ. That's what this is talking about. So, so the first thing I want you to see about this man, and we'll call him a man, but it could have been a lady, but the first thing about this man who, who decided... That, that he, however he got in there, and, and is it not true people come to Christ for different reasons? I never had my theology worked out the day I got saved. I didn't understand justification and I didn't know it was all under the blood and, and uh, I, I, you know, I didn't have clarity on all of that. But, 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 but the Holy Spirit had, had, had visited me, had convicted my heart, had convinced me that Jesus was the Saviour and by the power of the Spirit of God, when I humbled myself and called out to him, he did something that I could not do and he miraculously caused me to come alive spiritually unto him. And, and for, in the beginning, that was felt more than I could intellectually explain it. But it certainly happened. And, uh, and so that was when I got saved. I didn't understand all that. People come different ways. Uh, uh, for different reasons. I don't know fully why I came. I just, I just knew I needed to come. I just knew I needed Christ. I just knew that, that, that I was at a point in my life where, where God had arrived and I was there and he was there and the truth had unfolded before me and thank God I recognised this was my moment. And, uh, and, uh, and that's when I receive Christ. Now, other people come and they say, well, 
Look, I, I had a, a, an awareness of that hell. I, I didn't want to go to hell. And I was scared to die. I didn't want to go to hell. I don't want to be in the fire. I don't want to be tormented. Uh, F burnt herself really badly the week before we came here. You can ask her to see the scars if you want. And uh, she was doing something and she burnt herself and it, it all blistered all her neck and her arm. And, uh, and Dio was telling me, he said she cried and, and, uh, and uh, she was suffering. It was like it kept burning her. And even when, you know, it stopped burning, it was still felt like it was burning. And I said, uh, she was telling me about it. I said, oh, it's awful. And, and I said, just think, F. You know, this happened to you for like a minute. And, but imagine there are people in hell and it never stops burning. It never goes. And she said, yes. It's just continual suffering. And there are some people who come to Christ because... They understand when you're gone, you're not just gone. You know, you go somewhere. And so some come for that reason. Some, however you find yourself there, you get into the master's house. And uh, now you're here and, uh, and hopefully you, you realise at some point that you've got some things you ought to be doing and uh, you set about doing that. But uh, this guy got in here, however he arrived, however he got the master's house, but he made the decision when his time came, that actually he didn't want to go. Now, now picture this. Uh, uh, some, some homes would have had multiple people who were there serving in slavery. So, uh, g'day, Bob. Uh, g'day, Tom. Uh, how long, mate? Oh, another, another five years and two months. I'll tell you what, I'm counting it down. Yeah, yeah, what about you? No, I'm a four-yearer. I've already knocked off a couple of years and... Uh, should be in another four. And uh, what about him? Oh, mate, he's in a couple of months, he's out of here. Ooh, wish I was him. And, uh, you know, you'd be meeting other people who are indentured for different times and everybody would be kind of counting their time down to, to get out, right? You know, you, you got brought in and, and you were not planning for that and you're thinking, mate, six years of this, you know, and ding, 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 oh. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and you're thinking, six years of this. And, uh, and, you know, the first week you go, it's been a week and I feel like it's been months and, and everybody's counting their time down. But then you get this one guy who gets through all of his six years and they say, uh, well, you know, tom- tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's your day. You have fulfilled, you have fulfilled your requirements. You, ha- you have... You have, you have done what we demanded of you to do and tomorrow you can go out. And then this guy says, well, actually, I've been giving that a lot of thought and I never thought this would happen. But ever since I got here, I just have come to the place where I really feel like I'm meant to be here. And I know tomorrow you're giving me the option to go, but actually, I'd like to stay. And, and this man made the decision that he didn't want to leave the master's house. And, and, and God even touches on this a bit quite tenderly, I think, a little bit here in verse number five. We'll look at it in a moment. But why he didn't want to go. So the first thing is this. This man, this is, this is one, this man moved from having to 
to wanting to. And that's a place that every Christian has to get to. It's a place where you've got to transition from where you, 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 you get beyond I do this because I have to to I do this because I want to for him. Nobody makes me do this. I'm not, I'm, my salvation is not hanging on me checking a list. I'm not in bondage. Egypt was bondage. This is not bondage. And, uh, and I'm at the place now where, uh, where I actually, uh, it's not that I have to, it's that I, I want to. I want to. You know, many of us, uh, uh, you know, realise we have options. But we've also come to the place where we say, well, I, I, I might have them, but I don't want to exercise them. I'm, I'm going to stay where I am. I want, I want to stay with the Lord. I, I choose to serve the master. And, uh, and, uh, and I don't even, you know, I, I'm glad now to wait on him. I'm glad to, to, to be at his feet. I'm glad to draw the water from his well. Uh, I, I, I'm glad, I'm honoured for people to know that I'm a servant of him. And, uh, and I'm quite happy to stay. And uh, you've got to get to that place in your Christianity. I'll tell you when you've got there. Uh, when, when you're dead to the fear of other people watching you and checking on you and, and you sort of get over that and you die to that and you make the decision, look, I'm a Christian because I choose to be. I, I, I'm a Christian because it's actually my choice. And, uh, and I'm not here because somebody gave me a list of things I can't do or a list of things I've got to do. I'm really over that. I'll tell you what, I'm here because I'm in love with Jesus and I know he's real, and, uh, and I'm walking now my own right, and I get it. If I didn't want to walk with God, now I'm old enough, and I can slip out, and I can do stuff. But truthfully, I just want to. I just want to serve the Lord. And you've got to get to the place where your have to becomes your want to. And you have a desire uh, just to do it for yourself, and uh, not because you're being measured by someone else, and uh, not because you're thinking you're living under a code that, Someone else has uh, put on you, but you just make the choice that, that look, I'm here for me. It's real, and, uh, and, it, and I want to serve, and, and, uh, and look, uh, I'm just in it. That's it. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm staying. I'm going to serve the Lord. I want to, and, uh, and getting to the place in your Christian life where you're serving the Lord at a desire that you just want to, you just want to. And that's where we need to get to. Paul said that about those in 2 Corinthians 8. He said, for to their power, it's in verse 3 to 5, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. They, they, they were willing. Paul said it, this, was, this was their power, their decisions. It was what was, they decided that they just wanted to do this thing. They just wanted to serve the Lord. And uh, they entreated us that we would receive of them. Uh, he said, and this they did, uh, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You know, you can decide to give you. You, you, you control that. You can decide to give your heart. You know who decided whether to sing or not sing today? You did. You know who decided whether he was worthy of that or not, you did. You decided whether to have a chat 
not sing, be shy, care about someone else, or you decided, no, you know, he's worthy of that. And on the few occasions that I get to do this, God forbid that I not give of myself. You can decide that. It's you, you, you get to give. You get to give your heart. You get to give your worship. You get to give your loyalty to God. You can decide that. And we've got to get to the place where this is not about have to, this is about I want to. Hey, look, we're not in a religious system where we threaten you or tell you that if you don't follow the list, you'll lose your salvation. If you don't follow the list, mate, you're going to go to hell. We don't tell you that. We tell you if you're truly born again, we tell you what the Bible says. If you're truly born again by the Spirit of God, you're a child of God and your name is in the book of life and you'll go to heaven. But you should decide, look, knowing all that, I want to, I want to serve the Lord. I I want to give. I I, I choose to. I want to sacrifice. Uh, It's my desire to do that. And then the second thing this man said, this man saw that staying was better than going. That's what he decided. He'd weighed up his options. He knew what was outside. But he came to the conclusion, being here with the master, even as the servant, this is better than being out there. He concluded his life with the master was better than his life outside, being away from the master. You know, the Bible says that for those six years, this one, he'd been fruitful there. Uh, He'd had wife, he'd had children. And uh, what a strange anomaly. In the midst of being a servant, I find myself being fruitful. In the midst of serving another, I find I'm being added to. In the midst of seeking another's blessing, I find that I get blessed. Uh, uh, and this is what happens as you, as you serve the Lord and, and uh, you take the position of the servant, there is increase. There is increase. And he weighed it all up and he said, well, I, you know, I, I, yeah, sure, I can go. I can go. But you know what? What's out there? That's what he thought. What's really out there? And that's a sober and and sensible thought we all should ask ourselves sometimes. Because in in the midst of a hard day, and sometimes a hard day is a whole lot longer than a day. In the midst of a hard day, uh, visitations come to the mind about life outside. And that's, there would be many here, and I'm one of them, where those thoughts have come at some time in your life. And you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe outside would be, would be better. Uh, but we need to be careful. Because if, we, if outside means apart from the master, nothing can be better. If outside means I'm not where the master wants me to be, nothing out there is better. It's, it's not... It's not better outside. And, uh, and you're looking at someone who's absolutely convinced of that. You're looking at someone who can say tonight, thank God uh, I, I'm, I wasn't a corporate leader. If you're one, thank God you are. But, but that wasn't put on me. And what I'm saying is I'm glad I didn't divert from my course to pursue something else that might have seemed attractive at some point in my life, but I would have got there eventually and looked at it and, and got towards the end and thought, you know, that wasn't really a good trade-off. It was better inside than outside. It's better to be with the Lord. 
It's better to serve the Lord. It's better to be around the Word of God. It's better to be in the Master's house. It's better than outside. Uh, uh, periodically, over the 12 years I've been in Thailand, periodically, every now and then, uh, one of them will decide uh, that it's better outside and uh, they will make the journey. Dio's been one, you can ask him about it. Say, so how'd it go that time when you used to have to catch chickens for a, for a buck? How'd that work out? And he'll tell you the whole story of that. But uh, that, was his, that was his cure. The last, the last time he went out was the last time he went out. And uh, he's got it. He's, it's pretty clear in his mind now that outside is not better than inside. And, uh, and he's there. But, but, but this man decided that. He decided that. Let, let me tell you something. Outside of the church is not better than inside the church. Oh, but this and that, I, I, I understand. I'm not being patronising and I'm not minimising your distress. But I am also saying outside is not better than inside. It's, it's better to be in the master's house than to be outside. And I'm, I'm going to say that, let me say, I'm going to say that to preachers, evangelists, missionaries, deacons, servants of God, church members, Sunday school teachers. I want to say that to every person who comes under the covering of the master's house. Get it clear in your head, outside is not better than inside. Don't, don't, don't be thinking that, because outside puts you under the authority of another master. And, uh, and, and that's a different life. But where you are, you already have a good master. You, there's no failing with God. There's no, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no diminishment in your serving the Lord. And uh, sometimes we can just lose ourselves in a moment. Usually it's a distressing time. Usually we're troubled, we're, we're disturbed. It can even be we're at the receiving end of an injustice. And maybe we're at the receiving end of an injustice uh, at the hands of those from whom we expected better. And that can be upsetting and, uh, and it can rattle you a little bit. And you can maybe uh, work... And that happened, by the way. Let me read to you from Genesis 16. And I love this. I love the whole, the whole thing of this because it's so God. But... But it's Hagar in Genesis 16, and everything I just said previous would apply to her. And, uh, and Hagar went out. And uh, verse number 6, she, she fled from the face of Sarah. I mean, she, and why did she do that? Because she was being mistreated. And, uh, and you know, she, she, was, she was all in, you know, I'm not saying Hagar was, just conducted herself perfectly all her days, but really it was their idea that, that she, Sarah's idea that, that Hagar should sleep with her husband, well, that's not fair to say that because it says he took her to wife. So it was her idea for you to become the second wife. And, uh, and, and, and then, you know, she started getting treated poorly. And you, what do people do when they, started getting, when they start getting treated poorly somewhere? They start thinking about outside, don't they? They start thinking, you know, this isn't either fair and this is hurtful, and I did not do anything to warrant this. And if this is how I'm going to be treated in this tent, then I will go out. And uh, that can visit. And so what did she do? She went out. And then uh, when she was out there, God came to her two times in, in chapter 16 and chapter 19. And it's very strange that he'd do this with Hagar. But in verse number 8, here comes God. 
the angel of the Lord found her in the wilderness, right? Because that's always where, you, that's where you'll be when you go out. And verse number eight, and he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou and whither wilt thou go? And that's the question God asks everyone who leaves the master's house. Where did you come from? Like I know, but would you give it some thought again? Whence camest thou? Where did you come from? And where is it that you will go to? And that's a question God asks everyone who, who at the hands of an injustice or a hurt or a distress decides that they will go out. God is saying, uh, you, you, you left something that you should give thought about where you left. And God was not in denial about her suffering. Hello? This was not like, you know, nothing's happening to you. No, no, there was things happening and God knew that. But what God was saying is, where you are is better for you and that you will not be better somewhere else. That's what God was saying. And then he says in verse number nine, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Go back. Stop running away from the lady that I attached you to. And submit yourself to that process. Because what you're thinking is not true. It will not be better for you out there. It's better for you where you are. And so, so that's the question God asked. This man decided it's better inside than it is outside. Do you know how many times, and, and this, the whole thought here is not hanging on this, but, but I'll mention it. Do you know how many times I've seen people leave church and then ask me how many times they got better? And I'm not, I'm not mocking that because I was out of church for a while myself and I was out over a hurt and I, I, and, I, and I was thinking, oh, it's better outside. And I, I, I said all the stuff that I hear people say to me now. Oh, they care about me more out there. Actually, those people value me. And if you've said that to me and you see a little half smile, it's only because I've said it to me. That's all. I understand that. But let me tell you something. It's not better out there. It's not better. Uh, uh, from whence camest thou? Where'd you come from? Did you come from a place where you got no Bible? Oh, no, no, we had Bible every week. Oh, oh did you come from a place where there was no truth? Oh, no, 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 we definitely had truth. Well, what was the problem? Well, it was this thing about the coleslaw. I brought it, it was unappreciated. And, you know, I put a lot of labour into that. And, you know, it was very hurtful for me and my family or whatever. And I'm, I'm, that's a little, you know, but you, but you understand. It can be bigger issues than that. But God said, whence came us out and whither will thou go? Where, 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 where's your plan, Hagar? What, what, what do you think? Return and submit yourself to this process. It's hard to submit yourself, especially when you're an Aussie. We like to control our own destiny. We don't want to submit to anything. We, we don't even like the word submit. We, we, we should get rid of that word. You know, we, we, it's all equality and whatever, whatever, and we, we, we're not into that. Submit authority, all that stuff. We don't believe in all that, you know, but God said, go back and submit yourself. 
And if you never submit yourself to the process, if you let pain drive you away, you will miss the fruitfulness the master is trying to give you within the house. You will miss the fruitfulness, the increase that God is trying to give if you, if you do that. And so this person decided, no, no, inside is better than outside. And then the third thing they decided is in verse number five, and I love this. And if, and if isn't this just God? I mean, this is just the Lord. And if, you can imagine him penning this. Moses, would you just write this down? Okay, God, let me get this. Okay, where, where are we up to, Moses? Oh, you were going to give me verse 5. Okay. And this, is, uh, this was the thing of the Hebrew servant. Righto. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. And if the servant shall plainly say, if the servant shall plainly say, mm-hmm. if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master. I wonder, what, I wonder if he just, at that point, just stopped. If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. And that's the third thing. This man loved his master. This man just decided he loved his master. Now, you know what? There was no compulsion here. Nobody made him say that. And, and there was no uh, manipulating of his words. This was a plain, simple declaration of the heart. Somebody, one of my dear friends who will be here tomorrow, said to another of my friends, he didn't say it to me, but he said to another of my friends about me, he said, you know, I love that man. And that's just kind of how he says things. But, you know, plainly saying it. He said it because that's how he feels. And if if the servant will say, I love my master, I will not go out, then, then he can stay. And that's a place you get to where you're no longer compelled and it isn't a matter of you have to, but what you say is, I love him. And I want to serve him. I want to serve him. I said to Dio two days ago, we're on a sofa at home. I said, Dio, if the Lord comes, which is in Thai, if the Lord comes back tomorrow, are you okay with that? And so he clarified the question. So he said, if, if he comes tomorrow, I said, mm-hmm. God, this is how they start. Oh, he said, well, um, I will feel ashamed that I did not do all what he has asked me to do. And he was starting to live the moment. He said, and I will be very ashamed that I should have gone out and told others about him. And I knew that, but I didn't go. And I will not lift my head up to him. I will keep my head down. And when he speaks to me, I will not answer anything because everything that comes from his mouth is truth. And he just for a moment lived that, when I see the one I love, how will I feel? That's what he was entering into. And that was kind of the purpose of my question. But when we love the master, then that compels us to want to do what he asks us to do. 
let me tell you, there is, there is no higher, there is no higher, there is no higher motivator or, or driver of your service than love for Christ. I appreciate it when people do things for me. I appreciate it when people love me and do things for me, and that is, that is a high thing, and I, I regard it highly. But let me tell you, the highest thing is when you are doing it because you just love the Lord and you're not looking at people and you're not in it because you're always appreciated and you're not in it for any earthly reward, though there might be some fruitfulness or increase, but you've just come to the place where you know, where you know yourself and you've learned him and you say, plainly, I love my master and I will not go out. And that's the reason that I'm not going out. As in, I'm not going out of the local church. I'm not going out of, no, I'm not putting myself out. I'm not going out of serving God. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And, and the attraction of this house is not the home, but it's, it's the master of the home. And that's why we stay. And, and you just got to get to the place where you can just plainly say, I love my master. I, lo I love Jesus. I love him. He's good. He's just... And did you find the more you got to know him, the better he is? I mean, you don't have to agree if you didn't find but But I just find the more you know him, he just doesn't fail the goodness test. You, you just think, oh, he's just so good. He's just so good. I think heaven will be that way. I think heaven will be, will be bathed in the light of the knowledge of God. And I think it will sweep over you like waves. And the joy will just be you won't be able to contain it because in thy presence is joy and there'll just be this wondrous joy, no darkness, no, no sin, uh, no barrier. Uh, the former things will be all gone and, uh, and we'll forever dwell in the light of his presence and all of that awaits every believer. Trevor came up to me this morning and he said, he said, Pastor Shemish, he said, today... Uh, you know, I, I've been saved for 19 years. And he said, I remember when I got saved, you told me to write it down. He said, I wrote it down. That's how I know. It's 19 years. And I remember Trevor getting saved. And I said, well, that's amazing, Trevor. But what's really great is you're still going on after 19 years. And I said, mate, we got a good thing coming. And we're, we're going we're gonna to go to something a whole lot better. And he said, Amen, Pastor. Amen. If he would plainly say, I love my master. And then lastly, if he says that, I will not go out. I don't want to be free. I'm not going anywhere. I choose to stay. And I'm not staying for reward or it's, it's, it's just about him. He's the reason. Verse number six, then his master shall bring him under the judges. Why is this needful? Because people need to understand, look, uh, I fulfilled my requirement here. He did his six years. I told him he could go. And uh, Bob, why don't you speak for yourself? Uh, yeah, well, I would like to say a few words. Uh, I've been uh, six years in this man's house. And uh, well, just to be honest with you all, I've done my time and I've got to know him. And well, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to say it. I love my master. And the judges would be, and I don't want to go out. All right, Bob, so let's just get it clear. 
You, you understand there's been no coercing here. You understand you're free to go if you want to. Yes, I know. And you're telling us before all these witnesses, you don't want to go out. That's exactly what I'm saying. All right, Bob, give us your ear. And uh, away he'd go and he'd put his uh, ear up on the, on, the, on the post and I guess it was a proud moment. I don't know, it might be a little bit like a, I don't know, but the, someone would walk up and they'd have the mark and this, and this is going to get banged in his ear. And once this is in, there's a biblical pattern here, when God marks you, you're marked for life. Don't miss that. When God marks you, you're marked for life. And so Bob decided he was willingly going to give his ear and he's going to take the, the all in the ear that would mark him. And every time someone saw Bob at the market or anywhere, they'd be like, oh, did you, did you see that? No, no, what was it? The, the ear. Did you get it? Hang on. Oh, yeah, he's one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. What, he chose to stay? Yeah, well, look at him. Well, he seems pretty happy. Yeah, he does seem to be doing all right. And I mean, it marked you that you had made the decision. I love my master. And I will bear, listen, I will bear his mark. And I know when people see that mark, they'll know that I'm a permanent slave of the master. And I don't mind because I choose to be that. In fact, let me put it this way. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. You might want to put it that way. And so Bob would put his ear up on the wood and they'd say, last chance, Bob. <laughs> Bang away. <laughs> There's no going back. No, just do it. And then boom. And they'd pump that mark in his ear and that'd be it. What a day. I reckon the master would just be there. Love you, Bob. Love you too. Let's go home. Come on. And I mean, away they would go. I mean, they were just knitted together. And it's a picture of what the Christian is supposed to be with Jesus. That you willingly, you, you offer your ear up. You know, your ear, that's, that's you saying, he gets my ear. You get it? That's you saying, I listen to him. That's, that's you saying, I'm owned, this is owned by him. I'm not listening to the world. I'm not even listening to myself. I'm listening to what he said. And I give myself up and I choose to take the mark. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord. And every Christian is marked of God. And everyone called of God is marked of God. And let me tell you, you don't push the mark off. There's no, there's no getting out of it. When God marked Cain, he was marked for life. And a mark can be under reproach or it can be under recognition of service, but a mark is a mark. And this man said, I gladly bear the mark of God. And if you're carrying the all in your ear, well, nobody forced that on you. And uh, it's an honour. It's an honour. And those of us who know the master honour you for being a servant of that master. We, we esteem you because we know who it is you serve. And so that was this man. He said, I, I choose to do it. This is the language Paul used. It's my choice to be a bond slave for the Lord. I, I really pray, we're going to finish. I really pray that you will settle in your heart, if you can, who is your master? Who gets your ear? 
I'm here by choice. I'm not, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I choose to stay. And you just, you just nail it down for your own self rather than anybody else having to pressure you or, or make you feel compelled to be something. You just, you just choose to do it yourself. And let me say, if you're here tonight and you haven't received Christ yet as your saviour, I can say really clearly God would not have brought you here tonight if he did not want you to get saved tonight. So that's what I can say. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ and you say, well, I don't know all the stuff you know. Mate, none of us knew the stuff that we, we all start with very little, but what we start with is a conviction in our heart that this is true. I need Christ. I can tell you he loves you. He died for your sins. He wants to put your name in the book of life. He wants you to take you to heaven. When you die, you spend eternity somewhere. It's heaven or hell. It can be heaven, and you can choose Christ tonight. And that's available to you tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you certainly could receive him. Well, let's have a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll, however the service is to conclude, we will conclude. Father, as our heads are bowed, piano is playing I pray Lord that whatever it is tonight that you spoke to our heart about that we would uh, be responsive to that it's a great privilege Lord to hear from thee I pray Lord if there are some here tonight who are at the place where they could just say look this is settled for me it's just settled and uh, and I'm not going out it's just settled I'm here I plainly say I love him and I'm just going to stay I'm just going to stay. I help, help them, Lord, just to fix that in their heart tonight. If there are any here tonight who need Christ, help them to call out to thee tonight. And Lord, just lead us. Lead us in the service. Speak to our hearts. Prepare us for the days to come if they're granted. And we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's just go ahead. Why don't we go ahead and stand? As the piano is playing, if you want to avail yourself of the altar, you can come and do that. No one will compel you, but if you want to take a moment to pray, you can do that. Do we have a song or anything? Or do you just want to finish it up, Pastor? Okay. Do we have a song?